welcome back to Butter With That, a movies podcast where several friends from Philadelphia come together and talk about movies. Um, how's everybody doing tonight? Good. Great. Good. Good. Sam blew my mind just a few minutes ago, revealing that Army Hammer is related to the Arm & Hammer baking soda. <laughs> yeah, man. Dynasty. It's a conspiracy. I'm glad Which, you're like, There's up. something about it that I'm like, oh... That name is so weird. Like, yeah. there has to be something going on. Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, some really interesting discourse about him as an actor. Like, you know, he's been in movies that have just been failures, but yet he continues to get jobs. Mm. And so people are like, well, does he deserve it? Is it, like, how great is it to have so much privilege that you... You know, you come from a family where it's okay. You could just keep doing. I think that he's actually a good actor and a good dude. Yeah, because he's been in some good stuff, like, recently, uh-huh. right? And he was yeah. in Sorry to Bother You, and he was oh, I forgot. this yeah. asshole head of an entire corporation. So that was a very so, yeah. sort of, like, uh, Meta. self-referential yeah. role. And he was, he huh. was good, yeah. as in he was horrific. And I think he's been in this, like, bright, like... Per, like play production of like straight white men or something. There's also that movie that came out the with the oh, fuck. What's that kid's name that everyone's obsessed with? Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. call me by Thank your name. You for like, I had no other. <laughs> you just mentioned kid yeah. that everyone's talking about. I was like, it's definitely that kid. I believe it's Timothy. Oh, Tim- Timothy Chalamet. But like, still. who cares? Timothy. I mean, sorry. I gave you the bare minimum of information. <laughs> Thank <kid>. you. <laughs> Either that or Tom Holland. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah, loves yeah, Tom That's Holland. true, too. Good. But, yeah. No, they were in that movie together, and I think, like, Army Hammer was supposed to be pretty good in it. I didn't see it. He was Call good. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in that movie. He, yeah. Also. Yeah, he very much is, like, one of the only people <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> oh, has anybody seen any movies recently since we've last recorded? Okay, not maybe, but I can't remember. But what I <laughs> uh, is it going to be a dream? Wow! <laughs> no, but I what I watched last night actually. So what I watched last night was abducted in plain sight, and what Ooh. the fuck? What the actual fuck? I could not believe what I was listening to or watching. Have, who's seen it? I have. I have heard about it. Oh, oh, oh my god! So I don't want to like spoil anything, but basically this girl gets kidnapped twice, and her parents are just like, okay. And then I had a dream about that I was getting kidnapped. Oh, no. It was bizarre. Oh, Sam. It was But it's like up. their neighbor, right? Just like the yes! dude across the street. Yeah, it was like some guy that they knew huh. from like the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Mm. His Can't name trust was him. B- true. <laughs> oh, but it was fucked up. Fu- watch it and then talk to me about how fucked up it was. Like, wow. I know the parents feel bad. And like, you could clearly see that they're like, oh, this is my fault. It was. It was. <laughs> Man, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, no, surely not. Are you joking? What the fuck? Wow. I heard well. it's it's really fucked up. It's mm. fucked. I heard it gets you angry. Like, is it a mini series or is it a movie? It's just one episode. I mean, like, it's just an hour and a half about, and like, all of the people, all the players are still involved. But like, what really gets me angry is like not just like the parents' part in it, but also the fact that so this guy that kidnaps so um the 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 little girl her name is we're going into it apparently (laughs) sorry the little girl her name is jan she gets kidnapped twice and the guy his name is b they call him b um it's like 30 years later this woman is going on tour with her book and talking about like victims rights and and advocating for that and this guy is like 
fucking following her around going to these different places which by the way with the same guy who abducted her yes the guy it's 30 fucking years later and at one event she was protected by this bike gang it's incredible Um, but she has to go to court to get a restraining order on him and the whole time he's like I never did this to you I didn't do it I didn't I didn't and I'm like, can we just believe women? Can we can we not have to put her through this fucking sideshow and just let her get this restraining order? But I digress. Damn. Wow. Wow. Um, I saw Zodiac for the first time. Oh, shit. Oh, that's fuck. so funny because so I good. also yeah. recently watched Zodiac for the first time. Because <laughs> so we talked so about, about it. About it. Yeah. We, okay, yeah. Zodiac is so good. That is crazy <laughs> that we... So that's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it like popped back up on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I gotta see this. Um, um, we also both saw Happy Death Day. We did both too. see Happy Death Day to too. You. <laughs> I a, really yeah. liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. It was fun. Um, it's cool that because this premise, the first one is like Groundhog Day, but it's a horror movie. And Everyone this keeps saying this is like the Back to the mm-hmm. Future Part Two, which like they even the say in the movie. <laughs> yeah, which they oh, so it's the best one. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't think I've seen the second one, like, in its entirety. I feel like I've seen bits of it here and there, but not, like, a full thing. But It's the best yeah. one. We'll just say that number three goes to the Wild West, and they have I do no know that. reason to be out there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, that was really good. Um, oh, I also saw Alita Battle Angel, which was fine. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can go off on that, uh, but... The CGI is very good. It looks amazing. The fights are incredible. I have nothing else to say besides <laughs> that. <laughs> Some of the dialogue is really cringeworthy, but How like not a... in a fun way. Like, you know, mm. Venom's real bad and all the dialogue is bad, but it's like, I don't know, kind of funny. Like, this, is, this wasn't that. How is Christoph Waltz? He's good. Oh. He's good in it. Yeah. Um, which I do like him like a decent amount. So like I, I enjoy seeing him in things. I thought he was good. Um, I just think like, you know, we now where we are in society, I feel like have better female action like stars and just like better female characters in films that like um, this feels like a step back from that which i guess this was written like 20 years ago like the the script for this yeah james cannon's been trying to make a lead yeah. battle angel for so this this feels like you know like I, I was saying on the walk here like we have like a much more diverse like star wars now you know and like that's just like you know if you're not gonna do like get there like just don't just don't it's, fucking try it's joss whedon feminism yeah it's, <laughs> it's weird but like you know i again it's some of the best like visuals and fighting stuff i've seen so like that's pretty cool um, but yeah, um, I watched a movie called Mysterious Skin, which is one of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first movies, which is very good. Um, but I can't really recommend it because it's like pretty, um, it's pretty heavy, um, material. So it's like, but like watching it, it's like very, very good. Um, but Garrett and I kept saying like, it's not like a movie I feel like I ever needed to see, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we were talking about it, like compare, comparing it to like Requiem for a Dream. Like this is a movie I could have gotten my life without seeing, but like it's, it's a good movie. Like this is kind of similar. Um, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt apparently has always been a good actor. So like, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He, he sure was, He's incredible in that movie. Yeah. It sounds like the movie Mask with uh, Cher. I've never seen. I'm saying Jim Carrey. No, <laughs> the mouse. No, no, no. Did you hear how I didn't say the song? <laughs> my went. My mind went to the mask. Also, yeah. So uh, we had our anti-Oscars month. 
previously. Now we're rolling into a new theme. You might have been able to guess it from Dave's sweet segues. And it's World War II movies. We are going to <laughs> storming the beaches of Normandy with Tom Hanks. And we all picked Saving Private Ryan. It, it was weird. <laughs> um, for a second, I was thinking if that was a movie that came out in that decade, but didn't came. I'll out. go there. Nah. I went uh, read a very long article about how Shakespeare, like how Weinstein, like ran the most aggressive Academy campaign to get Shakespeare in Love to win that that Academy Award and the Spielberg lost for mm-hmm. Saving wow. Private Ryan. And like it was all the Gross. behind the scenes dirt of like what production companies go through to get their movie on the radar Ugh. of Academy voters. And it's fucking yeah, weird. It's gross. Like so gross. hosting expensive dinners to for like I mean, I guess that's any campaign really, but yeah, it was like a, it was apparently a notoriously dirty campaign. I feel bad because that movie came out um, when I was like younger and like interested in like that kind of history, as well as Elizabeth came out like pretty like close to that too. Um, and I just had a real big thing for Joseph Fiennes, so I was like totally sure. on board with watching any of the stuff he was in. Yeah, that's such a shame about Saving Private Ryan. One of the like I know the most unsettling scenes ever happens in that movie when they're all in like that abandoned town and mm. then they they play um yeah um edith piaf mm-hmm. and you can like hear the the tanks and everyone coming and they're just waiting god yeah i cried real hard when i watched that i was also like really young and watching it alone and probably shouldn't shouldn't have done that <laughs> I saw it for the first time when my dad just bought, uh, or was was trying out the new Bose surround sound system in the house. Oh, oh my god! god. Oh, there you go. Get so this son. It was entirely overwhelming. Uh, Jesus! Wow, your dad really. Uh, like, he's uh, he's teed me up. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he got me through the uh, the difficult movies. Whether early, it was Alien so. or. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Dave's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so our theme for this month, and actually the movie I picked has a great connection to Saving Private Ryan, uh, is the most 90s movies that we've picked. Boop, 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 boop. Doing a f- uh, throwback to the 90s, an, uh, a decade I have an extreme amount of nostalgia for growing up in it. And I just real and we realized a couple. <laughs> what? Nothing. That was adorable. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> and I realized uh, a couple days ago that Captain Marvel is coming out beginning of March, and that takes place in the 90s. Yeah, that is very... I oh, it's going to be set in the it 90s. It came out that yeah. quickly. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah. March 8th? It's coming out on International Women's Day, so whatever oh, that is. I, like, I heard that the early reviews have been pretty good for that. Yep. Also, just just while we're talking about the subject, let's never use the word Shiro. Please, God, please never use it. Is that a thing? What? People use it online to be like, look at this Shiro. Fuck off! Oh, I get it. Fuck oh, off! That's stupid. Oh, that's stupid. I get it. That's the first time. I've ever heard yeah, I've never heard of it either. And I was like, well, when you yeah, because the trailer does a thing where it's like her, and then it adds an O to the end or something, and you're just like, what? Like, oh. like that's fine. Like her. that's fine. But it's her. funny because they're like trying to make it like, yeah, this is about a fucking girl, you know? Like they're making it like so hard that, um, yeah. But like, I see people talking about. Like Shiro's online, and every time I see it, I'm like, I'm this much closer to death, truly. So please, listeners, never yeah. utter that word, or I'll find Shiro. you and I'll kill you. Sam will never sing ever. It's rough. <laughs> Tell us that. <laughs> um, so for my pick for our '90s month, I chose Office Space. Hey, um, one of my favorite films of all time. Came out in 1999. So kind of just, just hit squeaking the, in the um, cutoff point. Um, an amazing comedy from 
writer-director Mike Judge, who also was a co-creator of King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead. Uh, this was actually his second movie ever and his first live-action one. Uh, Beavis and Butthead to America came out first before Office Space. Um, <laughs> Beavis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I was studying that, for, uh, that from Dave, Christine. <laughs> bringing the impressions early. <laughs> I could never get them right. Yeah, kudos. Uh, but before we dive um, into the movie itself, Sam, you watched the trailer. I did. And yes. you have not seen Office Space. <laughs> True. So True. kind of based off of seeing the trailer and not uh, ever seeing the movie, what did you kind of, what were your impressions? Oh, God, it's so fucking relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so the trailer opens up and um, like a couple things happen, but then you see the guy from, ba- from Band of Brothers in a car and um, it's like a movie about people who go to work. And he's in yeah, all this. Go to work. <laughs> and he's Seen in it. this traffic, and it's like going nowhere. And then you like he looks over, and on the sidewalk is an old man who's using a walker going faster. Yeah, and crazy. it's just I don't know if y'all remember, but um, when we talked about how we would kill people, when like how we would be serial murderers mm. back in October, I said traffic, <laughs> and I was like, oh yes, this would literally drive me insane mm-hmm. because it has. I'm so like my dad's always like, well, we should put a, a bat in your car, a bat in your car, so to protect you. And I'm like, no, I'll take it and I'll use it. <laughs> um, so I like truly, I understand the hating your life when you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> honestly, um, oh, some other things that I thought were pretty funny because it shows you clips of this person. What is his name? Peter. 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 Mm-hmm. Played Peter. by Ron Livingston from Band of Brothers. Um, So Peter is just like, fuck it, fuck it. And just like basically tries to get fired, but somehow gets promoted. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. But in it, you see Jennifer Aniston's character who um, works at this restaurant and her boss is like, you need more flair. You need more (laughs) buttons. And isn't that just what work does? The most arbitrary thing. They're like, oh, well, your shoes have a little white on the bottom. So we're going to write you up and not tell you about it for two months. Unless you have a Sharpie on hand. Right, right, right. Doing it gym style. It's also interesting, there's like two different types of jobs that they show, because I have worked customer service jobs that suck, and I have worked office jobs that suck, where it's like, Mm -hmm. either way, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh god, like, neither of these are good options. Like, fuck both of these things. (laughs) It turns out, life sucks. Yeah. Working sucks. Uh I saw this meme today that was like, when you remember you have to go to work, and it's just a hedgehog yelling at the ground. <laughs> it's like it's so true. That sums up hint, hint, pay us to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a lot of just like workplace feels where you're just really frustrated, the commute's frustrating, and you're like, what would happen if I just fucking flipped out? So Peter like unscrews his cubicle and it just like falls off. He's wearing fucking Hawaiian shirts, he's like gutting a fish in the office, <laughs> and he gets promoted. Isn't that also what always happens? People who do less work get more for it than mm. the people who work consistently. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, damn, this movie. Also, the only things I know about this movie is somebody has a case in the Mondays. And then <laughs> yeah. also just straight up beating 
a printer? Ooh. Yep. Yep. God, That's one of the important. best scenes in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that was in the trailer as well. Not the, the case of the Mondays, but the beating of some computer technology. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about Goodfellas, and I feel like Office Space also has a lot of very like quotable and um, Definitely. Pop, very quotable yeah. pop culture-centric scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go ahead and come in on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> How's those uh, TPS reports? TPS. Did you put oh, the God. new cover letter on the... Tori, reviews. Get the memo. <laughs> it reminds me, I need, we need to talk about that sex dream with him in it in the movie. <laughs> yep. Cool. yep. 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 Um, just save it for later. Um, so, oh, I was looking at my notebook. There's nothing written in my notebook. This is all from on my phone. Um, so, yeah, I did reviews, um, which I just like, of course, like the first thing that comes up is Rotten Tomato. Um, and so critics, it was 80 percent audience, 93 percent, which was interesting. Mm. Um, so, like, a lot of the good reviews, um, terrific setup, um, a lot of people said the ending is kind of flat, which I think is interesting, too, both good and, like, hmm. worse reviews, hmm. um, you know, executed, um, hip-hop soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> and the same anti-conformist spirit that informs judges' TV cartoons, um, so that's interesting, too, if we mm. want to talk more about, like, um, some of the stuff that he's done, um, so, you know, it can, like, attract people who, like, know what it's like to be stuck in, like, dead-end jobs, um, it, it seems like it's a lot of people are like, this is very relatable, it's, like, very funny, um, it's it exploits the yucks and the chronic misery of those routinely exposed to the monotonous gray of corporate minds and company decor. <laughs> what do I? F- yeah, oh this Werner Herzog's back again. <laughs> that person feels like God, Charles you know, Dickens just getting paid for every word. That's they uh, use. Rita Kempley from the Washington Post. Hi, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Um, you know, but it also seems like, so I looked at critics and then I also just looked, I looked at like other people's thoughts on it. And it seems like a lot of people across the board, like, like think there's really interesting like aspects to it, even if they didn't like totally like it. Um, some of the, um, like worse reviews, um, like one person from entertainment weekly said that he felt like it was cramped and underimagined, mm. um, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Cool, um, cool um, try yeah. working in a cubicle and yeah, that's essentially that your know, entire right? existence yeah. um, fails to sustain its comedic momentum or high energy level so I think again like that kind of idea of like it having a flat ending which I think is interesting um, someone said it felt like um, loose jointed um, like it's a bunch of sketches kind of patched together that don't like totally fit right which I also thought was an interesting hmm. criticism of the movie yeah, um, which like I love the movie a lot but I was I, like yeah. oh that's not a thing I've ever really thought about but like yeah. that's interesting well because I think it was based on judges like I think he wrote a series of sketches mm. around uh, some of the scenarios like and scenes yeah. 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 yeah he called something like else him. and then that's what the movie became yeah, was, there were some people, too, who were just like, it's not that funny, which is interesting, because I can see this definitely being a type of comedy that not everyone mm-hmm. loves. Mm-hmm. Sam, have you seen this? No. Okay. Because, um, like, I know, like, you have, like, an interesting relationship with, like, comedy and, like, yeah. what kind of movies you like, so I would be interested to see, like, how you felt about this movie, but I can definitely see this being a movie that people might not like or might not think is that funny, um, just because yeah. of the type of humor mm-hmm. it is. Um, so a lot of, like, the people who didn't really like it... Um, 
kind of, I feel like, this just wasn't their type of humor. Um, some person, one person was like, depressing and incredibly cynical. Um, office space is no, the opposite great. of suicide relief, which is really what, com- <laughs> which is really what comedy is supposed to be. Um, which I think thought was interesting. Like it was like <laughs> too <laughs> real for this person. It's also like, quite a demand of comedy to save you from suicide. I know, right? Such high stakes. Like yeah. Also, like I don't. I don't know. I in my head, like just immediately was like, um, I don't know. Like, I I don't think that's the thing. But sure, um, Alec L, um, who gave this a two and a half stars, um, but yeah, that's still like pretty okay, yeah, <laughs> which is like still like pretty okay. Um, but those who like didn't like it just thought it was like very cynical and maybe like um kind of pessimistic, which um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, Those fair. Are some things I love yeah. about the movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's kind of like what kind of humor, I guess, you're, like, drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so those are some of the some of the more, um, like, f- well-formed kind of ideas I saw throughout a lot of the criticisms and comments on this movie. I could definitely mm-hmm. see this being a movie that would not jive with everybody's kind of yeah. Yeah, sense definitely. of comedy. And yeah. even um, Mike Judge, because this movie just totally flopped at the box office mm. when mm. it came out. And we're actually recording this almost 20 years to the date uh, that it premiered. I Feb- know, it's funny how that worked out. Yeah, February 19th, 1999. Um, this The production budget was around $10 million, and it only took in about $12.2 million wow. to the box office. Um, and Mike Judge says that this movie didn't really have probably the best marketing. It's really hard to market this kind of movie and that people at that time probably did not want to see a movie about their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is kind of really interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it. So, like, I watched the trailer and I was like, yeah, super relatable. But, like, 1999, if we're thinking about what's going on, right? So, like, you've got the Y2K coming up. Mm-hmm. You've got what else? Furbies, you've got like other things to t- like. You got Limp Bizkit to right, deal with, right? Like all these things, exactly right. So maybe this isn't necessarily appealing to audiences just then. I like that you went for exactly right for like, that. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh Limp boy, Biscuit. don't get me started. Limp Bizkit just hit me real hard. <laughs> um, Christine, what did you? Uh, think of the movie. This is your. This is not your first time watching it, right? No. So in fact, this is a movie that was always on TV. Like Comedy yeah. Central yeah. would play this mm-hmm. so frequently. Yeah. But I realized watching the movie in its entirety, even though I've probably like come in and watching it multiple times and finishing the movie or watching segments, there are entire scenes that I had never seen. So it was really great to finally see the whole movie in its entirety, um, in the sequence that it was intended. But. <laughs> It also, I think, it definitely feels 90s in a very important, in some important ways. Like, yeah. Sam, you mentioned that everyone's thinking about Y2K. <laughs> well, the job that Peter and his crew have is to update bank software oh. for the 2000 <laughs> yep. switch. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that feels so 1999 when mm-hmm. everyone's like, what's going to happen to those digits when everything reaches zero? Well, I guess things will implode if it wasn't for Peter and his... Does everyone here remember where they were on on why? Um, yes, my parents were at a party, and I was with my grandfather, who was babysitting me, the grandfather that worked at sales. Um, (laughs) And I was listening to Backstreet Boys' Millennium album, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think I may have fallen asleep before midnight. Like I think my parents were like, "Yeah, you can stay up," but I like definitely fell asleep before. Yeah. I, I don't, remember. don't remember. I was just at home with uh, my folks, and we watched the ball drop, and uh, thought thought understood in the back of our minds maybe when it hits the bottom, the lights go out, 
there and everywhere. <laughs> uh, but then it went to the bottom and everyone cheered and it was like, oh, well, all right. We all must keeps. live our go work tomorrow. Work tomorrow. Seems <laughs> insignificant Like, lives. I remember what a big deal that was and, like, I wanted to stay up so much for mm-hmm. it and, like, but then just, like, falling asleep. Like, that's, like, I'm just like, eh, whatever. I was five yeah. years old, so I don't Yeah, know. I mean, I, I remember oh, having... Connor, you're really showing your you age. <laughs> I remember having the same kind of fear the first time I had Pop Rocks and Coke at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, this should be fine right everything will be okay <laughs> but I, I had my i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but i had my pikachu where like if you it hit the, zero yeah you hit the you, you hit the little pause and it went like pika and it'll just be like yeah. you and i pikachu we're gonna go we're gonna die together <laughs> never woke up after oh yeah i mean it feels so right that a movie would delve into this sort of mind numbing, mind rotting exist like life and sort of the mundane aspects mm-hmm. of like this job that Peter mm. has and this life that he lives right on the precipice of what everyone thought would be maybe the end times, maybe this huge dramatic shift in all of humanity because technology was going to like, you know, implode. And that really ultimately his awakening is this sense of total detachment from everything around him. He like goes through this like, process of hypnosis and then all of a sudden he has this new realization that he's just not going to give a shit so I, I just love i guess thinking about that as being this existing in 1999 right before 2000 is kind mm. of an interesting thing to think about i mean the clothes feel so 90s the, like even eyeglasses feel so 90s jennifer aniston's in the movie jennifer aniston is wonderful yeah. she's, she's good so she's good in this movie. fucking good in this movie and i guess you can see glimmers of like friends jennifer aniston but she nails every single scene and she's she honestly re-watching this was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie mm. they, uh, they wanted to get i think it was it was um matt damon coming off of um goodwill hunting they wanted to be, to be Peter, to be Peter, to be the lead. Oh, I totally um, can't see that. But yeah, then, that would but then Rob Liv- but he's then, too um, optimistic to be in that movie. Also, he he gives too much. He, I feel like he'd give this character too much of a try. Ron Livingston's <laughs> great because yeah, exactly. from the very first scene, he, he really always give seems a shit. like a guy who's like, oh fuck, like I'm alive. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's just him in general because he know. plays the same kind of he guy. Yeah. Like, brother. When he's in he, Sex in the City, too, he plays Burger. Burger, yeah. And he breaks up with carry on a post-it note yes wow so, i mean yeah. how perfect mm-hmm. speaking of post-it notes speaking the of right here. <laughs> yeah um this this movie has been with me for a very long time because uh, i remember walking out of the theater out of a sesame street movie i think it was um or some kind of it's like uh, grover goes to space Mm. Or some kind Classic. of so sure. the space coming like out around the same time really spoke to you. It did. Well, I and I remember. <laughs> so the poster is an amazing poster. I don't know who designed it. Oh, it's great. Um, but it's a guy just covered in sticky notes, head to toe. You can't see any of his skin except for like his hands. He has glasses on, a briefcase, and uh, Stephen Root's character, um, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, is kind of like peering from behind him and this poster terrified me as a child because it was in the big in the movie theater walking out of seeing my little five-year-old movie and this image has just kind of stuck with me um Mm. which is kind of i don't know something interesting because i don't have a lot of memories from being five years old but this is one that like really sticks out Mm. i feel like it was also i don't really know when dvds became 
the primary mode of watching something. But Connor had given me this DVD to watch. So I was already watching this movie on a DVD. The first, like I totally forgot. It's been a while since I've watched a DVD. And so you get the like menu. Do you want to mm -hmm. play? Do you want credits? But before the menu, there's a thing that pops up and it's a blue computer screen that's like, you're... Uh, we've detected a virus on your computer. Press, like, exit to shut this down. Yeah. Or press continue to keep going. I was like, fuck, oh, <laughs> I see what they're doing. Right. <laughs> and it was cute. And then you press OK and all these viruses, like, pop up all over your computer. I want to say know. DVDs became a thing more, at least in my life, like 2011 or 12-ish. Uh, like, so I think I had the Fellowship of the Ring, both on VHS and DVD. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's funny that you brought up... Um, DVDs because it's really the home video market that saved uh, office space. Mm. Uh, this was in 2000. This was 20th Century Fox most successful DVD sale out of any single oh, movie so that had weird. come out huh. 1999 or even a little bit before. This was incredibly popular on DVD and you brought up seeing it on Comedy Central on reruns. So this is how really over the course of about uh, five years became kind of like Such a classical a hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um I also realized it's the 2011. I meant like 2001. I was 11 at the time. <laughs> I was just like thinking in my head. Like, Your first you encounter with DVDs. <laughs> yeah, I was like. I'm also realizing like my math is wrong. I was going to accept it, honestly. No. But I was like, mm, that no, feels Lord wrong. No, Lord of the Rings right came out in 2001. Huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because 2011 Blu-rays were first or HD DVDs, right? And Blu-rays yeah. were. But that's funny because, like, I I definitely saw Office Space for the first time at a pretty young age. Um, like, I, I, I know I'm a few years on you, Connor, but, like, I couldn't <laughs> have been more than, like... 12 to like 14 when like my dad like was like yeah let's watch this movie together which it's like such a weird movie to have um a, a child watch but i remember liking it that young too um which for a pretty adult movie is kind of weird but um i think i also grew up in a household with a very specific sense of humor like my parents made me watch mystery science theater and uh, monty python a lot um mm -hmm. and i don't think i got any of the humor in any of these things <laughs> until i was much older so um yeah it's it's interesting <laughs> that became a thing in our house it's also interesting that number one it wasn't a big hit in the box office and two, some of the reviews that you were mentioning said that some people thought that a movie that reminded them too much of their, like, real life, maybe going to work, maybe living the same existence yeah. was just not funny to anyone. But yet, what would come after it would be the British office, the American office, which are exactly these same uh, scenarios. Yeah. They actually, um, they actually, all, NBC offered Mike Judge to write a pilot. For the American office. Really? Mm -hmm. But they gave it to Michael Schur instead because Judge didn't want to do it because they wanted oh. to do something that was a little more silly and he wanted to do something that was more realistic-ish. That sounds like, like office space. Those are That's both wildly popular shows mm -hmm. that are essentially the same conceit. I mean, written differently, but... <laughs> and, like, watching this now is very different and obviously much more relatable, I guess, now that we're all in the workforce, but... In the workforce! In the workforce. But, like, I, I don't know, like, how that would be, like, different... You, you know what I mean? Like how it's different for like us as opposed to like people in the 90s. I don't. Yeah. I think this movie has it was definitely it was it feels like it's ahead of its time, but it couldn't have been made in any other. Yeah. Year. That's yeah, that's yeah, I think that's a great. And this point. movie has sort of strangely become like a period piece. 
Mm. Like, I feel like in the turn of the millennium, it was like, oh, this is kind of like our day to day lives. But now in the year 2019, it's like you have fax machines and all these like old Macintoshes and talking about Y2K. Yeah. Um, and the idea, I feel like the office space what was made up of cubicles and everyone sectioned off and sort of compartmentalized in their own little space. And now like the office loses this like open floor plan with mirrors and windows and like fucking circles like the it's ergonomic circle, yeah. de- circle desks. Has anybody it- here worked in a cubicle? No. Uh, I for two months oh, well, with an I internship. worked in yeah, some people's cubicles sucks. when they weren't there. Wow. The sound of a fucking landline in an office. There's that distinct ring. The There's like maybe three rotations or like three different types of rings. And hearing one of them in the movie was like, this is terrible. Working in a cubicle is rough. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I work in a cubicle. I just stare at concrete. And then there's the mental mm-hmm. my cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> the cubicle the we build in our brains. In <laughs> um, before we go any further, I wrote my own little brief plot description, but I really want to read what's on the back of the Aww. DVD box. Okay. Because um, this is also talking about how DVDs kind of are giving us a sense of nostalgia, mm. either how they physically are laid out or what they're trying to do. Um, so fasten your ergonomic seatbelt. <laughs> You're in for a hilarious ride through the inner workings of Office Space, the outrageous hit comedy that will strike fear into the little hearts of evil bosses everywhere from the New York Post. Unable to endure another mind-numbing day at Inatech Corporation, cubicle slave Peter Gibbons, played by Ron Livingston, gets fired up and decides to get fired. Armed with a leisurely new attitude and a sexy new girlfriend, played by Jennifer Aniston, he soon masters the art of neglecting his job, which quickly propels him into the ranks of upper management! Exclamation point. Written and directed by Mike Judge, Beavis and Butthead do America, TV's King of the Hill, Office Space is an irreverent comedic fantasy that'll keep your funny bone working overtime. Hmm. I feel like it's an okay job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fine. And I love it because Netflix would never come up with a description Mm-mm. that wonderful. That's interesting, though, because now, like, we, we just talked about it recently, but, like, this seems like, you know, sorry to bother you, seems like, you know, our, like, the type of movie now that, like, is kind of within that same kind of scope, but, like, taking it to a whole other level of what what these kind of jobs and things are like. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think Sorry to Bother You has some wonderful intersections with Office Space and then, like, not only takes it to, like, what does it mean to work in a telemarketing office, but, like, within, like, a society that still has systemic, like, racism. Yeah, like, it's like, like, just, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, Office Space turned up, like, three notches. Yeah, because, like, now it's, like, here are all the other things we need to address and talk about in our society right now. Yes, it's, like, taking Mm -hmm. office space and then being, like, let's look at this from a much larger lens and think about why do we have work environments like this? Who is working within these environments? Mm -hmm. How does it take, yeah, like, a toll psychologically on people and, like, what crazy sinister mechanisms are at play like because when i think of stuff like that coming things like out in now, a tech <laughs> yeah because when i think of like stuff like that coming out now like you said like an office space probably wouldn't work now like it probably wouldn't be doing enough maybe for like where we're at but like I, like there's still stuff about it you're like yeah uh-huh all of all of this seems about right but it's not necessarily like making more commentary mm-hmm. that like we 
might, like, need now, like, within our society and the type of conversations we're having. Yeah, yeah. But I think what... And this whole month, I think we're going to think about how relevant are these movies today? These mm. movies that came out um, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think Office Space is still, like, incredibly relevant. Because I think it focuses on not trying to, like, make a statement on office culture, which it does. But it mainly, it really focuses on Peter Gibbons um, and Ron Livingston just trying to, like, get through the day-to-day. And you're seeing the whole world through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think just, because it's so character-focused and so specific to him, that I think that kind of, in some ways, makes gives this movie, like, a timeless quality. Yeah, this also, though, it, it does have a thing where, like, it does feel like other Mike Judge projects where peripheral characters are super important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, a lot of the side characters have uh, their own development, like, um, you know, of, of course, Milton and uh, Milton. Michael Bolton and everyone else. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on within within the periphery. But, yeah, one character does remain the uh, the center uh, centerpiece of it. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's great how these like ensemble casts kind of like just help inform Peter's world. And I mean, yeah. Milton is the best character. I think of the whole film, certainly the big standout played by Steven Root. Um, he has like this red stapler that he loves so much. And then um, Gary Cole, who plays uh, Bill Lumber. He might be my favorite oh, character yeah. in the movie. He's so, so good. Uh, he keeps, he's just, he's the kind of evil boss that the uh, back of the box is talking about. And he keeps moving Milton. Who's just this kind of like, Meek kind of guy who just like he kind of like talks like this and would want my stapler and want to stop moving my desk. Uh, with, like big glasses and he keeps uh, Bill Lumber keeps moving Milton's desk around, which Mike Judge said is based on a real guy. That, like Milton yeah. was like a real person who like mm-hmm. said he was going to quit because his boss kept moving his cubicle, his desk mm-hmm. around. But there were details that I had never realized having watched it previously and then just realized in this rewatch about Milton's character, the fact that he had been laid off what, like two years Mm -hmm. prior and somehow got, was still on the payroll. And there was just, he's just not, he's doing like a non job, but still doing this. And like, like there's just a total lack of communication (laughs) between anybody. And then they think that the only way to (laughs) officially fire him is by like cutting him off of the payroll but not telling him that they've done it. So they're still going to have him do work. And, and he's just constantly asking. He's like, I haven't received my paycheck. It's just like the saddest. In, yeah. I, yeah. Milton was like, I think, very, even sadder character to me rewatching this. The Willie Loman of the late 1990s. <laughs> Death of a Salesman. Ah, ooh. Mm. Mm. Nice deep cut. Timely. <laughs> I feel like there are, it does draw on some like classic stories. I like, have you guys read the uh, Melville story, Bartleby the Scrivener? Mm-mm. It's like, I it's know a comment of it, about, but like, I don't think I've read it. 1860s Wall or like 1840s or 50s Wall Street, but uh, in the emerging sort of like capitalist society. Anyhow, it's about this guy, Bartleby, who is hired as a Scrivener, but like one day shows up to work and his boss is like, can you do all this shit? And he's like, I'd rather not. And that's his reply for the rest of the story. And then he just gets like fired for not doing his job. But it's this wonderful acknowledgement of like someone coming to work and doing a mindless job. And it's just like, I'd rather not. And that's exactly what Peter does. (laughs) He's like, fuck it. I'm not doing any of this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Gibbons basically gets trapped inside a hypnotic trance 
because him and his girlfriend Anne go to this hypnotherapist, and as the hypnotherapist is putting him uh, so into this good. trance, I actually have uh, one of my favorite quotes from the movie. I wrote down. Um, so this is Peter. So I was, and this is in the hypnotherapy session. <laughs> so I was sitting in my cubicle today, and I realized ever since I started working, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. So that means that every single day you see me, that's on the worst day, day of, of my, my life. life. Uh, Dr. Swanson responds, what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Peter Gibbons. Yeah. Dr. Swanson. Wow. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that sequence so much. <laughs> Lot to unpack there. <laughs> Feels relatable. Oh, man. Uh, so Dr. Swanson puts him into this trance. And before he wakes him up of saying, your cares are melting away. Don't worry about anything. When you wake up, you'll feel refreshed. Wake up when I snap my fingers in three, two. And then he dies of a heart attack yeah. before he can wake Peter up from his hypno trance. So basically he's stuck in the state of I don't give a fuck. About yeah, anything. like a dissociative hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he God, doesn't. That sounds lovely. <laughs> to just not give a fuck. Uh, then what's I think really cool is the movie takes him through this. You know, he gets promoted because the um, these characters called the Bobs are efficiency <laughs> are efficiency managers. Um, Doctor Cox from Scrubs. Uh, John yeah. C. McGinley, That's is that his name? Familiar. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Um, I always forget his name, but I'm like, ah, Dr. Cox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's amazing as one of these little yeah. bit characters. Oh, and so, so Bill Lumberg brings these guys in to downsize. But they say it's to make the office more efficient, which basically means everybody has to re-interview yeah, for their jobs. Their jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're so impressed with Peter, even though he hasn't showed up to work like in a week, like you said, Sam, he cuts fish on the table, um, skipping all this work. But they say, you know, this guy's got real upper management written all over him. I mean, he tells the bobs, they're like, so, uh, like, take us through your uh, average day. And he's like, well, I wake up, come to work, stare into space for an hour, maybe do something, eat lunch, stare out into space for, you know, another hour, and then I uh, go home. I probably do about 15 minutes of work every <laughs> an entire week. And they're like, hmm, this guy's a straight shooter. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely interesting commentary on just, like, who gets rewarded in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, for real. Which I think is stuff, like, we've probably all seen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. it, you know, it can often feel like, you know, you either don't care a lot about your job or you do care a lot. But like, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. It kind of just like depends on the situation. And it's yeah, it it, it especially now seems like super relevant mm -hmm. to. Um, oh, it sure does. Our yeah. lives. <laughs> <laughs> and where this kind of like new life philosophy kind of comes crashing down is when Peter's two friends, Michael Bolton. Um, who is not the singer Michael Bolton, but hates the singer Michael Bolton. <laughs> That's funny. And apparently it was this movie that um, coined the phrase ass clown. Because Michael really? Bolton, the character yeah. in our in uh, office space, who's like a software engineer, um, says because the, the woman who I guess is a secretary character goes around and gives like paychecks and whatnot, says, looks like someone had the case of the Mondays. It's like Michael Bolton. Like, are you a fan of his? And he's like, no, I hate that. No talent. <laughs> ass clown. That sounds like a Michael Ju Mike Judge insult. Mm -hmm. So perfect. That is one of the funniest things to call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Other than just like an, a walnut or something. Like, you walnut. <laughs> walnut. walnut. Oh, I love it. I like that that's the second thing in your list. You're either an ass, ass clown or, or a walnut. Because <laughs> right, you can imagine how offended you'd be. You fucking walnut. You mother father walnut. <laughs> 
You Monday through Friday, Friday Walnut. Walnut. You're like, what? I would just, I'd be too confused to be insulted. I would just walk away. You won. But it would be burning. You know, it'd be something I'd you think you would keep it. me awake at night. Like, what did that mean? What does it mean to be a walnut? Am I? What What are walnuts? Uh, so Michael Bolton and Samir, people who show up every day, want to like do a great job. They get fired. They get let go. Mm-hmm. And so then um, Peter Gibbons feels really bad that his friends are being let go. So they come up with this plot um, to rob Inatech. Uh, fractions of pennies by basically like taking decimal points and throwing it off of these bank transactions and taking them and putting them into an account. So it also kind of turns into this like working class crime thriller a little bit. (laughs) Well, there aren't, there's that whole part where they're trying to figure out like how to do certain like criminal activities and like not sure what certain things mean. And you're just like, Oh yeah. Like what does that mean? Wandering in the dictionary. Oh my God. Which is like, yeah, like that's, I mean, we, we just did Goodfellas and stuff and you like hear those terms and you're like, like, especially seeing it at a young age. I'm like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? That's just a thing I hear. I don't know. (laughs) That reminds me of quiet. Cool. With oh the, my God, and they're the literally window. laundering the money <laughs> in the washing machines. <laughs> Brilliant. <sighs> and so kind of second half of the movie going forward, Peter has to come to this realization that this kind of like give no shits attitude, like does it actually really work? Is it actually giving him happiness? Mm. Um, and I think one of the core themes of the movie is what does give us happiness? Where can we derive our happiness from? Is it from work? Is it from not caring about work? Is it what we do? How you know people we interact with? Um, and ulti- I think I'm I'm gonna mm. like take a guess. It's not from work. It's not from <laughs> work. I have to say this movie, and w- it's an interesting. That was another one of your picks. Reminded me a lot of Groundhog Day. Mm. Like even though it isn't literally the same day repeating itself, yeah. it's a it's a kind of a character that I saw some similarities, like between living an mm. existence that's repetitive. And I think that one issue I had with Groundhog Day and I think come to think of it with this movie is that like salvation comes in like finding a meaningful relationship with this like secondary character, like this woman. Um, And it's like this guy finds like this like awaken it, like finds meaning in his life and goes Mm. through this transformational process, like this transformational, I don't know, thing. Arc? Arc, thank you. <laughs> this this moving, rotating thing that I'm gesturing with my hand. <laughs> Arc, yeah. And then... Oh, I feel bad I left you hanging there after you me out earlier. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, by the end, you know, he like gets the girl and everything's okay and the office burns down and everything works out. And I was like... Does, does it really work out that way? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, like, it it's seemed not to like... tidy up too nicely following this character mm. have like on his spiritual journey of sorts. Well, I love how his journey ends. So things go wrong with the robbing plot and they're like worried. They instead of taking maybe, you know, ten dollars over the course of six <laughs> months <laughs> in within a weekend, they take three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I was on board that sounded like a great plan mm-hmm. um and I so they taking notes <laughs> tell me <laughs> planning it out yeah um and so they're where they're gonna be called by the cops or whatever and then it turns out milton who kind of the whole 
Bill Lumberg has been um, picking on because There's a B story really. Yeah, he's but then. the big B story, and he finally moves Milton down to the basement, the dark basement, oh. because um, Peter's untouchable because the Bobs support him, and so Bill Lumberg <laughs> can't do anything to Peter. He can cut all the fish, he can destroy his cubicle. That's what that's in. Um, and so basically Milton's like, you moved me. I warned you. I'm going to set the building on fire. He and says to himself. After the classic scene where he, where they start cutting the cake. Uh-huh. It's uh, Lumberg's birthday. <gasps> he get any cake. That is the classic scene. And uh, the, like the ratio of people to cake. Like <laughs> an office get any cake or workspace food display. There's yeah. always that question of like, is there enough for everybody Am I going to get the piece that I want? Like, also, that's it's a very anxiety at a very young age, which I don't know what that shit means. <laughs> no, but like, no, that's no. always stuck out of my head. That is definitely this the scene that I think of when I think of yes. office. I feel like yeah. in that scene today would be like, is there anything left for the vegetarians or vegans? Mm, left oh, at the workspace. Yeah. That's what I feel like that would be recreated. That's yeah. just what watching this remind, reminded me of. Mm. I don't know. Also, the I mean, I, we've cut cake at work and it's been like, what piece am I gonna get? <laughs> do I want to eat it at eleven o'clock when I don't really want cake? Or yeah, you have to come in like in the five minutes you have. You have to like wrap it in something yeah. and hide it, it and you like it's, come back for it. Shove it in your pocket and no, eat it. No, no, no. pocket cake. <laughs> yes. Pocket nuts, pocket cake. I've done pocket bagels, but oh, never I've done pocket, pocket cake. cupcakes. Oh, okay, yeah. that's yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Tori. Yeah. One of the big. <laughs> Donuts. What, what about the frosting all on the inside of your pocket? Put you wrap it in a paper towel. Also, I just want to yeah. say I don't know if anyone's done this shit before, but uh, chocolate with a hand warmer in the same pocket. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's no good, man. Hell yeah! I've done and I'll that just be like, a thousand oh, fuck. times. Like I'll realize it way too late. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I would love for folks that have. Like, no idea where we work. Try to piece together exactly <laughs> what the layout of our workspace is. We steal warmers. There's a lot of free food. food. <laughs> free sugar, specifically. Hand warmers. Uh, uh, figure it out. Figure it out. Instagram challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, except that a lot of the people that listen know us <laughs> and also work where we work. You'll never guess, slash, see you tomorrow. <laughs> if we get to a, like, five-year anniversary or something, it, we'll, we'll open up about some stuff, maybe, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's like all, expose. The, all of the bots that listen all to the, us. All the Russian and Turkish the, bots that across are. Yes. The country. Yeah. Maybe, like, if we ever got, like... A hundred thousand followers on our social media. Then we would. Then we would reveal. <laughs> reveal the all. Big or secret. I would like sing. <gasps> you heard it here. You heard it here. Right here. Don't delete this. Don't delete this. And Sam will sing. Bots come through for us. <laughs> um. I mean, that could work. Then Sam will be a big deal, like in another country yeah. or something. Yeah. Maybe you could be on like the the mask singer in Korea. Isn't that no, a show? thank you. God. Like the mass Singer? Wait, <laughs> has everyone at least heard of the show where, like, actual famous singers dress up in costumes? Yeah, that's the... Isn't that... Is that the thing? Yeah. Like, mass Singer? Isn't that what it's called? I don't, I don't know. know. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know. But they have it in America now. 
It was a Korean. Yes, I did see an advertisement for this for some reason. Mm. Yeah. I was watching Jimmy Fallon's like bring celebrities into the subway in disguises and have them busk. And then I people hate, would have I to hate guess Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming yeah. that's not same. the same thing. <laughs> the biggest tragedy of my life is that Jimmy Fallon is on my favorite ice cream flavor. Ben and Jerry's The Tonight oh. Dough. So every time I want my favorite ice cream flavor in the world, I have to look at Jimmy Fallon's dumb face. Wait, wow, that I must s- really suck for you. Wow. I see your <laughs> tonight so hard. <laughs> it's hard. How do you feel about this, Connor? <laughs> Makes me really sad. Connor, I see your tonight dough, and I raise you. Uh, ben and Jerry's has this limited edition or exclusive flavor at Target, and it's called Brewed to Something. Honestly. It is like tasting a little bit of heaven. Brew to what? Is it a coffee Brew, flavor? Yeah, let me f- hold on. Oh, I'm gonna look. Oh, I also I do cream. have one issue. So I really love Heath bars, and Ben and Jerry's used to have a Heath bar ice cream, and I think they still do, but it seems like it's an off-brand version of Heath bars. So it's no longer like the original. Like it's just slightly different now, and it's just not as good. And um, it bums me out real bad. If you ever find yourself in Burlington, Vermont, the Ben and Jerry's factory is a great $4 tour. I would love to I go. would get free ice cream. Four bucks. You get free ice cream at the also, end. Also, someone told me that if you work in Ben and Jerry's, you get to bring home uh, two pints a night. <sighs> Game over. That's yeah. amazing. I saw them speaking in New York one time. They were speaking for Bernie Sanders, actually. I just got an email from Ben and Jerry about Bernie. Mm, makes sense. I have an office space question. Sure. <laughs> bring it back. Oh, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> did anybody see this movie? Uh, of those who, uh, those of us who've seen it, did anybody see it before their first job? Yes. Yes. And if so, yes. how did it temper your expectations of working? I, I don't. I couldn't relate because I no. hadn't yet lived through those experiences. I also probably can imagine being like, "Meh, that won't be me," you know. Yeah. Like, I could definitely see that. I'm like, gonna love my job. Yeah, I'm like, gonna teach children and feel yeah, so excited. Like, I have all these goals. Like, why would I ever end up in like jobs <laughs> I don't <laughs> like? Shitty place. No one else has goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a big dumb idiot. Weren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dave? I saw it uh, around the time I was first working my first job, uh, which was very far from an office job. It was uh, working in a, a light bulb manufacturing plant. Yeah. Um, so it was not a not so much an office job, but it uh, the movie did certainly uh, ring true to uh, certain experiences of just early work <laughs> in my life. So it, uh, yeah, it seemed familiar. Uh, Pretty much immediately. I worked at uh, lighting in Ikea, so I, too, have an unnecessary knowledge of uh, light bulbs that will never, you know, be useful later on in life. They are kind of interesting, though. They are interesting. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of different types. What light is best for your eyes? Not, fl- <laughs> not fluorescent <laughs> okay. is uh, my, my go-to answer. I don't know specifically. <laughs> no, probably, I don't either. Probably LED, actually. Yeah, now you can get like like LED was known for being as as like kind of like cold lighting, but you can get like soft lit LED now. Yeah, That's like a thing. so I would say probably the future of that's LED. It lasts much longer. Um, also, the bulbs used to run really hot. That's not like not necessarily a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What going on with that? We talk about all the important stuff here. Yeah, we've run the whole whole range of topics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other kind of final thoughts on Office Space? I have one more thought. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have to give Mike Judge a lot of, also a lot of cred for some 
specific shots in the movie. There's one that is the opening cubicle shot mm. where it's like, you can see, it's just like literally a grid and you're looking, the screen is split in half by where the cubicles line up like within the shot. And it was just such a well uh, crafted like introduction to the office space, mm -hmm. literally. And then the second favorite shot of mine is he and Samir and uh, Michael Bolton are heading <laughs> across it's funny every time. this lot, this, uh, the grassy area outside of the Inatech building. And they're walking over kind of a mini moat, but there's no water. It's like a classic divot in the grass that a lot of like build it like in a buildings weird like this have like a weird water reservoir. retention. And yeah. they're just, yeah, kind of a water retention ditch. And it's, the ditch is exactly in the center of the shot and they're marching across this, uh, across of this, sh across the shots, walking down to the divot with such purpose and just such commitment. It's just such a wonderful, <laughs> I'm like, these are guys on a mission and I just love, I've never seen a shot like this. Um, especially featuring such a sort of regular feature of ugly ass office buildings like this one. And that grass is so thick and fake. Mm. It's just such a great, <laughs> yeah. like, textural uh, vision of, of, I don't know. I don't even know where it's set. It's set in uh, Austin, Texas. Austin, mm. okay. Yeah, filmed in Dallas and Austin. That's interesting. Huh. Um, one last kind of fun fact I got to have to um, talk about is Jennifer Aniston's character, Joanna, which is actually her middle name. I don't know if that's why they named her that or just a coincidence. Uh, works at a TGI Fridays like establishment called Tchotchkes, uh, where she also hates her job as a waiter. Uh, Sam, the trailer you're talking about, the um, flare, the flare. Uh, and apparently this movie is responsible for TGI Fridays removing the flare that their employees had to wear <laughs> on their suspenders and having their employees wear like normal waiter waitresses um, kind of outfits. Because so you, many Mike customers yeah. made fun of the employees yeah. to their face oh. for wearing all the flair. I had a um, a pin when I worked at IKEA that said like um, like rookie or something on it, and it was like supposed to let people know that like I was new there or something. And I was like, this is embarrassing. So I'm not fucking wearing this at yeah. Disney. They yeah. have like earning my ears. Yeah, at Home Goods, oh. so your badge is like a house, and then they have Ooh. like a little banner that says. Training. Mm -hmm. I ripped that off as soon as I could. Also, just like a weird, like fun fact. Um, so, Doctor Cox, um, what's his name? John C. McGinley. Yeah, there we go. Um, he is also in a movie that came out a couple years ago called The Belko Experiment, which yeah. I don't know if yeah. anyone's watched. Yeah. But um, I haven't watched all of it. I was watching it on a plane. Um, but it's also like an interesting, like weird kind of. Um, I mean, it's basically like a horror version horror version of like working in like kind of a mundane office space um but like it's also interesting that he was in that movie too with <laughs> yeah, michael worker who we uh who we talked a little bit about I love and one of my favorite humans on the planet um fucking um i forget his <laughs> name right now oh my god because i got really excited <laughs> what does he look like um john gallagher jr there we uh, go oh right oh, who's yeah. in hush um, yes. And he's also in the newsroom. Um, mm. and a uh, really short, short, short term 12. 12, which is like an amazing movie. Yeah. Back to Captain Marvel. 
That, yeah, Brie Larson is in that. that As uh, also uh, Remy Ra- Malik is in that movie too. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a good cast in that. Oh, and the guy that's the the main character in Sorry to Bother You. He, you're right. He isn't. <laughs> He's also in Holy that. Fuck, yeah. Yes. He's <gasps> got a wow, stellar revelations. cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And he and uh, Remy both play like kind of smaller characters, so mm-hmm. it's like a, I guess like a you know early role for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Small world. I love Rami Malek. I know. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Nah. I don't. He's, I just, just, I love, like, I love Queen. I just, I don't know. I saw the trailer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my film. He's very good in Mr. Robot, Mm. Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Christian Slater, who's one of my favorite people. (laughs) And also in Night at the Museum as (laughs) (laughs) the mummy. (laughs) I think we're going to have to do Night at the Museum (laughs) also on this show. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good note to, uh, Night at the Museum is always a good note to take a break on. Uh, any other kind of final thoughts about office space before we take a oh yeah break? there's that weird sex dream <laughs> oh yes um bill lumberg is so peter gibbons somebody tells him that joanna had sex with bill lumberg turns out it's not that his boss bill lumberg but it's a different mm-hmm. bill lumberg but but then he like visualizes <laughs> it and it's mm-hmm. real gross. gross he's just so sweaty and shirtless yeah. saw this at kind of a young age and was like oh god and so that's like just something that's been burned in my brain it's, for it's a, a very, very specific time. performance <laughs> also indeed probably all one top performances is the neighbor too he's so wonderful <laughs> he's, great. he's very good. So good yeah he was all that was all supposed to be some kind of different character actor but oh really him, yeah that like guy was the, great yeah it was great when they're plotting like their their plan to take money from in and they're like all right okay we got this we got it. We just can't tell anyone. You guys got to promise we can't tell anyone. And then you hear Lawrence from across the wall being like, I promise I won't tell anyone. <laughs> it's like, I can always hear. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and then when everything goes uh, awry and then Samir and Michael Bolton are pissed and they leave. Um, and he's like, hey, Lawrence, as he's like heads against the wall. It's like, you want to come hang out? It's like, no, I don't want you fucking up my life. <laughs> Well, that was Office Space. Thank you so much, guys, for talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with our whiteboard question segment. back from our little break uh this week for our, our whiteboard question segment the question i'm bringing is what should a movie about your favorite 90s toy look like so creating a movie based off of your favorite toy um and just what you would want to see that movie look like anybody want to go first 
Um, well, this is just, like, all coming at the last minute. I don't know if it was my favorite toy necessarily, but I really, really wanted one, and it was a password journal. I don't know if you guys remember that yeah. being a thing. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And then later on, probably, like, a couple years later, was the password phone. What's um, a password journal? So it was like uh, it was like plastic and it was, purple. it was purple and you would like input a, a like password. So whatever you wanted that to be and it would ask you for it and you had to like read it and then it would like open and that's the only way you could open it. Oh. And in like a very 90s style, the whole commercial is like a, you know, a little brother trying to like sneak in <laughs> and read the journal, but he can't get it open because he doesn't know the password and stuff. So um I I was initially like this would be like a funny horror movie, but honestly, I think it needs to be like some sort of like child like biopic kind of thing like around the password <laughs> journal because that thing stressed me the fuck out. It did not work properly. Um, what I couldn't get it open. I remember my mom had to use like a like a fucking like pliers or something to like just like get it open. Um, so, yeah, I think it has to be, like, a childhood drama around these, like, toys that didn't actually work the way that they mm. were supposed to. Um, and also the password phone just, like, was always super staticky and you couldn't really hear anything. So that also did not work very well. So um, I was very excited about both of those things and then was very disappointed. So, yes, I had to grow up pretty early. <laughs> and then now all of our phones... I know. (laughs) (laughs) And they're not made out of just like (laughs) stupid ass plastic. Stupid ass plastic that then just like had like a notepad inside of it that you wrote things. <laughs> I know. And once the paper was gone, it was useless. It was useless. <laughs> oh, you couldn't like put another notebook inside of it? No, because it was too small. Oh, no, it was they like want you this to buy big. another one. Yeah. Which like I don't know if they made like refillable <laughs> <laughs> packs of just yeah. I mean, I guess you could just put notebook paper in there, but like it's not the same. No, and like at I assume I lost interest before I ever had to worry about it because I don't ever remember that being a problem where I was like, I'm out of paper now. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But when you sell your memoirs, you're not going to be able to access any of that original writing. Yeah. Years and years from now, people will find password journals that, like, you know, historians will eventually, like, open up and find all of this interesting information in. National Treasure password (laughs) journal. Nick Cage just can't get the password. You know, there's, there's a map on the other side of the password journal. We must find it. <laughs> no one needs to like find the journals we had when we were kids. Oh I found God. mine the other day, oh, no. like a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, burn it. I remember my parents finding them and like reading things out to me, like, so Tori, what does this mean? And you're just like, well, I don't know. I'm fucking 11. Like, right? <laughs> Literally, my mom found the journal and she was like, mm, and I read it. <laughs> I don't think I had anything bad in there, but like still. But also like I didn't have real money when I was that age. So mm-hmm. like my parents were buying me said journals and diaries and then fucking opening them yeah. and like reading into them. There should be no statute of limitations yeah. on that. Like you never read <laughs> yeah, that. For real. 10 years ago. But no. Pass and then you wonder why we all have to go to therapy and have fucking trust issues. Well, here you go. <laughs> I think you had it at the core of your movie. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody else? I could see a Stretch Armstrong movie being pretty good. Oh, sure. Uh, There's he probably was, already one in development. Wasn't my favorite toy, but it was uh, one that uh, 
other kids had around that I saw, and like you know, it was, it was fun. You just like grab onto one of his limbs and you can stretch him for like five feet, and it's really mm. gross and weird because he's full of like all this like jelly that also has beads in it. The moment um, you said that, I could feel the texture. Yeah, of absolutely. The hand of the pl- yeah, yeah, stretch. Stretch could get gross. into some good adventures. It would, and it would be better than the Fantastic Four because uh, <laughs> uh, those movies are horrible. <laughs> um, yeah. And you, you get the same concept. You get a stretchy guy. Do you think you'd want to see a movie where he is all like... all the other characters. Oh, uh, you don't need him. Johnny nah. Flame Cloud. No. Nah. Just give me Stretch Armstrong. Let him stretch around his foes. So you'd want to see Stretch Armstrong as like a person in the real world. Johnny Flame. Is that his name? I don't know, Johnny but I was... Flame. I really don't know. I'm just like, but that I, sounds right. But Fantastic Four and Johnny Storm. The f- Johnny Storm. Flame on. Johnny Storm, there you go. Well, he flames on. Yeah, you know, that guy. It's, uh, yeah, you can cut them all. Just give me Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Um, and no one likes the other characters, obviously. <laughs> it was just the stretchy just stretch guy, guy people cared about. Stretch guy. across the hall to get the toilet paper. I think he'd be played really um, well by, um, oh, shoot, what's that guy's name? Michael Rooker. Oh, my God, yes! Oh, Stretch shit. Armstrong Rooker! great. Because Michael Rooker kind of looks like that anyway. <laughs> like someone stretched him out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's kind of just like a weird, bald, tough guy. Just like some yeah. gruff, like, modern Charles Bronson figure. So that's yeah. like, oh, okay. Michael Rooker. That yeah, makes so, so like, much have sense. have him be stretchy and, like, you know, Mm-mm. stretch around foes. Wow. Didn't he have, like, <laughs> wrestling shorts on or something, too? Yeah, I think he was a wrestler. But I think you could get different ones. There's, like, a commando version and stuff. <laughs> I don't like this. As, as a profession, not. Uh, no. I mean, I guess every doll is in commando. Um, it's it an action figure. <laughs> That'd be a very different movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember those things you cooked too? You had like the little creepy like creepy crawlers. Creepy crawlers. They were fantastic. Yeah. There was also a Polly Pocket version of that. We had both of them at my house. Wait a creepy minute. Creepy Polly. Yeah. Creepy <laughs> Polly. <laughs> well, it's when they realized Polly. Polly Pocket was too small and kids could choke on it, so it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> and so right, like All fuck you, kids choking on, on these things. It. It's called natural slush. Why did you want to eat your Polly Pocket? She was so cool. I know. I just remember. So for some reason, my friend and I were looking at Polly Pockets, and I. For a, I remembered that they had a Pocahontas one, and I had oh. it, and I was like, oh my god, that waterfall, I remember so clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I, and like a little door that's a tree, oh, fuck. What happened to that? Where I don't did know. it go? Mom, where did this shit go? Yeah, I would, those I would commercial, buy one like, still. The Same. importance of commercials mm. and like toy marketing. Yep. I feel like... I mean, I haven't watched TV TV in a mm. long time, like on the TV. Yeah, same. But I don't encounter those wonderful commercials where they're in pulling me in, enticing me with beautiful waterfalls and scenery and fucking Playmobil. Don't even get me started. <laughs> well, so what was it? Was it what? What was the catalog that came out every year? Macy's was the Macy's Christmas catalog or whatever. Or it was just like the Toys R Us catalog. Oh, but there was like a big one, and I remember just like circling all oh, yeah. the things circling I wanted, everything. like bright colored markers, <laughs> and then like leaving it for my mom to find somewhere. <laughs> the annual parental frustration book. Oh yeah, for sure. Who wants to go next? 
So they already made a movie of my favorite 90s toy, and it is perfect, so I can't improve on it. Um, it's called... The Mummy? Li- the Mummy? <laughs> Pocahontas? It's called Life-Sized, starring Tyra Ooh, Banks, and yeah. it is... Oh, yeah. ...fucking perfect. That's so, a dope movie. Yeah, the premise is um, a Barbie doll comes to life. And teaches the little girl all about body positivity. Hmm. Um, and it is fucking amazing. The only way that I would do this movie differently is by creating Barbie. But there's an episode of The Twilight Zone where we might have talked about this before. Uh, the mannequin episode? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the woman is like in the store and she's like, for some reason I'm drawn to this floor and everyone's looking at me funny and I keep hearing people. Mm-hmm. And it turns out like she's a mannequin who had her month out in the real world and it's her turn and to she forgot to go back. Yeah, she forgot to go back mm-hmm. and it's her turn and now somebody else's turn is late. Yeah. So I would do like a movie about that. Ooh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's something Jordan Peele would direct. Well duh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. <I> was stupid. <laughs> I'll just go home. Already done, Connor. Sorry. I mean, I don't know if that's if it's that episode, but like, hell yeah. Uh, my uh, so like my brother and I played Pogs a lot in the nineties. I was thinking Pogs. Um, and I think so. I guess you could say it's sort of a parallel to like Pokemon. I don't know. I I wasn't into the Pokemon universe, but like Pogs, you had your Slammer. You had like I had um. Power Ranger Pogs. I had (laughs) can verify Slammer Um, and Commando. Can we see that? This is correct. Slamando. This is the vocabulary. Yeah, your Slammer was your special Pog. Have you? Do you guys play Pogs? I've never touched a Pog. I mean, I know Pogs, but I never played it. So, like, you'd collect them in these green tubes, these plastic tubes, and then you'd put out your stacks, and you'd have your one Slammer that could have like, uh, would be like either like silver or some sort of special it was a little thicker and you would Either slam plastic your... or metal yeah 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 the really nice ones were like metal of some what sort because the, the point of the slammer is that you'd hit it down on your opponent's stack of pogs and you'd basically try to make them like go flying <laughs> and if they landed a certain side up or down you got to get you you were able to get you your stole that person's pogs. pogs. exactly. Yeah. You so earned like, them, man. You tough rules right, through through a very uh, intense battle. So I don't know. The movie would probably be like the main character could be like the slammer. Uh, this is like the emoji movie, but like with pogs. I have maybe I've never seen the emoji movie, so maybe it could take that form. But so, I would love to see little. Um, I guess pog shapes walking around. Or some like weird dystopian thing where pogs is like the, you know, like Coliseum kind of game that everyone's playing. It is a little Like yeah, every Yu-Gi-Oh movie pogs. where that's the thing. That's yeah. what I'm picturing is just like you, like someone with the, with the little like card thing that's attached to their arm, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. I'm getting like really big vibes from this movie called Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Great movie. Um, it is a great movie, but it's like basically like an arm wrestling movie. And <laughs> Over the Top yep. is his thumb move. So he would put it over the top of somebody else's hands. So like I'm imagining this with your pogs, like competitive pogging. And I think Sylvester Stallone could definitely feature prominently, if not star as the slammer in the pog movie. I'd be oh. okay with I don't think I've yeah. ever seen a Sylvester Stallone movie in my life. What? what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Creed? Wait, like no. any... None of the Rockies? None of the Rambos? Mm-mm. Expendables? Mm-mm. 
Death Race 2000? <laughs> no. Uh, that <laughs> Unfortunately. Amazing. Spy Kids 2. Oh, wait, was, was he in Spy Kids, Kids 2? He's in one of them, yeah. Okay, then I, and maybe I saw him then, because I did see Spy Kids, but yeah. Hmm. Well, he's in, uh, wait, he's in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's in Volume 2. He is? Yeah, he's, uh, he's the one who kicks um, Michael Worker out of the Reavers. Ravagers. Uh... I watched that on a flight, too, so I don't totally remember Come it. On, you remember? It's all like this. <laughs> it's me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's me. I remember. He did have that very plane, distinct remember? character that he's never played in any other thing. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sylvester Stallone has always looked a little bit like my dad. Or I guess, like, vice versa. My dad has always looked. And they've even aged similarly. It, like... <laughs> I can't wait for your dad to listen to me like, thank you. Oh, he already knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. I think for my 90s toy movie, what came to my mind was a cross between Furby. Because I had a Furby. We were talking about that earlier. Ooh, that could um, be a Twilight Zone. Furby for cross sure. gritty. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, cross God gremlins cross child Wait, play. Yes. There's what? something in there about a gritty. The Flyers win the Stanley Cup. And so they make <laughs> they bring back gritty Furbies. That you can buy. Limited edition. And then Somehow, the serial killer dies next to it and puts his soul inside a gritty Furby. Yep. Mm. I think this definitely could have um, You should chance. copyright that shit right now. I know, so, seriously. But Connor. if you feed it at a certain time or put water on it, it, like, breathes too much. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Or, sure. like, it turns into gritty mm. if you mess up the rules or whatever that go with it. True. And you can have a kid who's like, this dumb box, I don't need it. That's actually Gritty's origin story. He started life as a Furby. It's a Furby that got wet. <laughs> Honestly, though, went with like just like fucking dirt water in Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds real. Dropping down by the stadium, no, then he go, goes back to try to find his owner. Oh, oh god! This is just a gritty movie. This went from like a horror movie to like a sad, like heartwarming, like Homeward Bound type story. I think. Exactly. Gritty yeah. bound. Gritty <laughs> bound. <laughs> a very gritty movie. Mm-hmm. That like brought like broad bound. Broad bound. Been going back to Broad Street. The, the stadium's on Broad oh, Street. Oh, right. Oh my yeah, god. I was like, I was Thank you. Broad- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Broad Street bound. That's very good. I like it. <laughs> well, there we go. There's gotta be. Some, we've pitched a decent amount of movies on this. There's gotta something's be something gotta here. Catch, Some, yeah. One thing's yeah. gotta catch. Summer, my monkey. Summer, my gritty. <gasps> no, don't. Pay us. Pay us for one of these things. Yeah. I don't know. Let's write <laughs> just one. Just pay us. Just give us money. <laughs> we all hate our jobs. Please just pay us. <laughs> we'll take cash. I mean, that, like the, that guy Venmo. from Office Space <laughs> had it right. You just invent something like the jump to conclusions, Matt, and you make your fortune. <laughs> so, so we better find our way out of this now. Yeah. We were talking about that. We're going to be um, influencers. influencers. Is, that the, yes. is that the term? Mm-hmm. Great. What's the God, next YouTube? What's the next YouTube? Let's get on that. Like, whatever yeah. the next YouTube type thing's going to be. I don't know. I'm pretty sure this has been like the next YouTube since YouTube, right? Probably. I don't know. No, it'll be like Teletubby style. So we'll have YouTube uh, on our stomachs as screens, live streaming everything. This right? could not have gotten worse. I, I think we got it, guys. I think we got it. 
Anyone listening out we there? We tell each other ourselves. All of you guys are missing, missing the visual of Christine trying to like do no, a Teletubby television on her stomach right, right now. Right? You're just going to see it. Did everything. we stop? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We have strayed so far from the 1990s and the grace of God. <laughs> Tell us the was 90s, right? No. Yeah. Right, 99? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Dave, do you know? As a resident authority on the matter, I don't recall. That's not in your notes somewhere. Remember that sun baby? Although, um, uh, for the Teletubbies. Oh, don't I? What's on the top of your notes? That movie. What Alita. Alita. <laughs> what is? Is she a secret Teletubby? Is no, that the post credits No, but you were talking about it, and God, then I, I saw his care. notes. I was like, Oh, oh God! Damn, <laughs> can I just? Can I ruin like yes. this movie? Okay, so Fine. like the whole thing is building up to this villain. Um, who's, like, behind everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't see him ever. Like, he'll talk through other people because he has, like, powers or something. He's a good fella. Sure, yeah. But at the end, you just see this character, and he's got these, like, weird little sunglasses on, long white hair. He takes the sunglasses off, and it's Edward Norton. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. Which I was like, fuck, Edward Norton, why are you in this movie? I I love me my Edward Norton, but... Gross. Yeah. Long white hair, Edward Norton. Oh, I was so Oof. not into it. That's yeah. like at the end of Fantastic Beasts where it turns out that it's Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And you're like, well, this is way more terrifying <laughs> with long, than Voldemort. With white hair also. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Um, this conversation, not Edward Norton, but um, the conversation reminded me a little bit of like childhood trauma. So, uh, <laughs> of course, I loved Power Rangers mm. and uh, me and like the neighborhood kids who would always pretend to be Power Rangers. I wasn't they, allowed to watch them. I wasn't um, allowed either. Wait, oh. why? It was too violent. What? They yeah. like jump so into like children. soft trash. Um, like when I somebody gets to my mother about this. <laughs> Alice. <laughs> well, like a soft barrel is like tipped over. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. But they always made me be the Yellow Ranger because I look vaguely Asian. Oh. I was just like, wow. Oh my God. Everyone was like, and you wanted racist. to be the pink because pink's your favorite, right? No. Well, pink is my favorite color, but I always wanted to be like the red and Power Ranger because mm. it's like you're in charge. Yeah. They're like, no, be yellow. Rude. Yeah. Kids are the worst. <laughs> Only '90s kids will remember. Uh, yeah, like playing like ro- like not like role play, but like dress up stuff was like very stressful with other oh kids because you were all fighting for like the same characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucked. I don't think me and my friends ever played dress up. <laughs> oh. Well, we did. We we definitely did. <laughs> also, I don't want to speak shit onto Kimmy the or not Kimmy. Was Kimmy the yellow one? You're asking oh, someone who's never watched Power right. Rangers before. I thought you were calling out the person who would force you. No. Who, what was the, whatever, not to talk shit on her, because she was great, but, you know. She just wasn't, you didn't identify with I her. I wanted to be the T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, man. True. I wanted to be the talking tube. <laughs> so <Sword> on, <laughs> <or nothing>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch it, but you know. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, it was like the, this is your next mission. Is it Brian Cranston Zordon in the Power okay, Rangers movie? The movie was good. I actually remember hearing it was decent. Yeah. And Elizabeth, okay. what's her um, Banks is like the villain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was good. It was good. Doesn't she? Isn't there like a prolonged um, uh, Krispy Kreme donut sequence? Isn't that a? I don't know. 
That sounds vaguely familiar, but R. I don't know. Krispy Kreme? Yeah, it's not. A, can you find Krispy Kreme easily? Yeah, oh, there's one in Collingswood, New Jersey. Oh yeah, because I can get to fucking Collingswood, New Jersey. I don't have a car. What are you talking about? Can I reach? Uh, can I reach one on SEPTA easily? If SEPTA was functioning properly, Broad that is. Bound. Whatever. Does Wawa have Krispy Kreme or is it just Wawa? No, that's the donuts. Wawa donuts. Just Wawa. I had a fresh one like back in the day in Boston where like you saw them on the conveyor belt getting glazed in front of you and then it closed. They do the fundraisers where you can get like boxes of Krispy Kreme. Oh, I think this is. <laughs> I think it's time we start to bring it home. Uh, any uh, shout outs we want to give before we wrap it up? Nope. I don't, we, yeah, we didn't do a thing Mm-mm. for anyone. <laughs> No. Um, I want to give a shout out to Alyssa Arts. Our friend Alyssa Miller runs an amazing art page. She's currently working on a really cool cat painting for her friend. Aww. So check it out on Facebook. Super fan of the show. Alyssa Arts. I have my horror movie thing, Chill and Kill Horror. Um, as of right now, I don't know what's happening for April. So <laughs> Do Psycho. I mean, psych- I, but I also need like a date and stuff because I have to go to a wedding on my normal date. So... I have to talk to the person. It's a thing. But yeah. It's a whole damn thing. Yeah, it's a whole damn thing. But they'll, you know, they'll probably be an April one. If not, I think I know what my May one will be. So yeah, there we go. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms and let us know what your favorite 90s toy was. If you want to pitch us your own movie, we'd be more than happy to read it out. You can email <laughs> us at butterwiththatpodcast at gmail.com. Um, no, currently, nobody, no listeners have emailed us. So if you be the first, we will read your... Your proposed movie pitch. I know some writers listen to this podcast, so get working. Get to it. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day, folks listening, and butter out. Bye. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> butter out. Butter out. Butter out than in. <laughs> I always tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yay>! <laughs>